0: You're listening to Experts in Their Field, a podcast from the Agricultural Science Association, generously sponsored by Ulster Bank.
1: Hello, listeners. My name is Anne-Marie Butler, and I'm the president of the Agricultural Science Association. I'm delighted to welcome you to this, episode 12 in our ASA podcast series, Experts in Their Field. Leash Dairy Farmer and IFA past president, Porik Walsh, caught up with Professor Pat Dillon, Head of Animal and Grassland Research and Innovation Programme at Jagask. From a dairy farm in West Clare, Pat details his extensive educational and career achievements across a stellar career in agricultural research and knowledge transfer. Porrick and Pat discuss the tremendous achievements and advances made in animal performance based on a continued focus on grazing management excellence in science and building the capabilities of producers. This podcast explores the power of a good team, the strength of open discussion and debate and the capacity for technological development. Pat continues to focus on the development of research programmes which nourish and strengthen both the environmental and financial sustainability of family farms. ASA congratulate Pat on his contribution to agricultural science and wish him, Claire, Laura and Brian the very best for the future. We thank porik Walsh for kindly hosting this podcast.
2: You're very welcome to this episode of uh, Experts in Their Field. My name is Porik Walsh and I'm delighted today to be interviewing a real expert in his field, and that's Pat Dillon, uh, the head of uh, animal and uh, grassland research in, in Moorpark. Pat, uh, you're very welcome. Uh, I think we should start first of all with a bit of background of where you come from. A lot of people might know you're a Clareman, but what part of Clare and what's what's the background there?
0: Okay, Patrick. Thanks very much, Patrick, for for holding this. Uh, Patrick, I was born in, in West Clare, a place called uh, town townland of Clonred, uh, back in and. Uh, Family, uh, family of 10, large family, uh, my, both my parents were full time farmers, uh, a relatively small farm. Uh, they were excellent farmers at the time, uh, you know, growing up in the 70s there were about 20 dairy cows and all progeny were sold uh, as wean and there was some income supplemented by batting uh, pigs and some egg production as well. Mm-hmm. So that time I attended Curritlayan National School and uh, they decided to send me off to boarding school in 1970 to St Francis College in Innes. It was a big change for me from rural West Lair, but anyhow you I survived those five years and finished there in 1975. So at the moment uh, the family back at home are still very much involved in dairy farming. I have two brothers dairy farming even though one is retired now his nephew has taken or his son has taken over and uh, dairying was very much part of all our upbringing in, in West Clare. I mean all locals were dairy farmers at the time and uh, growing up was a great place to, to grow up. and uh, given that we were a large family I suppose we were always helping the neighbours too in, in terms of given that we had always surplus labour given a large family scenario. Yeah. So no it was a great time, great, great place to grow. Up.
2: Just uh, When you mentioned St Finans, it was a, always a great hurling stronghold, uh, did you play any hurling when you were in Finans, or, no. or, or what hurlers of no. note were there in your time?
0: No, Rick, I played a bit of football, a bad footballer. It is, I came from West Clale, West was all the football, but uh, I still followed the Clare Hurling team though. Every, and I follow every year, still follow Yeah. Him, yeah.
2: So move on then to the, your earlier years of agricultural education, you went to Mount was it?
0: Yeah, I went to Mount after doing the leave Cert. I, I really loved farming um, and uh, I suppose I was more interested in the practical side of farming at that stage. So I went to Mount Agriculture College. At the time the principal in the college was actually brother Tony Dolan, he was a famous man afterwards, he was mm-hmm. great inspiration uh, about agriculture. Mm-hmm. And when I finished that, I, did, I went on to Clannockilty College uh, to, to, to do the diploma in Dairy Husbandry. And uh, after finishing Clannockilty uh, um, Agriculture College, I uh, took up assistant farm manager at with Dearwood and Mary Lynch. Right, and yeah. they were really leaders of, of farming at the time. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, you took up a position in Moor
2: in 78, was it?
0: Yeah, Patrick. Uh, I, uh, while I was in Trinity, we 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 toured. We won a trip to, to Moorpark and uh, really impressed me as the place and a uh, place I'd love to have worked. So in 1978, I took up a technician post in in, in Moorpark uh, initially under the supervision of Don McCapty and later with James Cross. Mm-hmm. But in 1982, you know, after three or four years in Moorpark, I I took four years leave of absence and. Um, to do a degree in Agricultural Science in UCD. I remember Seamus Cross saying to me one day that if I wanted to advance in an organisation like AFT at the time, you needed a degree in Agriculture. At that time it was very difficult to get to get, um, to get leave of absence to do because that time I had to pay all the degree myself, uh, to feed myself, and to take leave of absence to do the degree. But as nowadays you you'll be paid for both. But I never regretted that. I uh, really enjoyed my use in UCD.
2: So uh, you were you were nearly a mature student in UCD at that stage. You had you had a bit of experience.
0: Yeah, yeah, but I, I, I yeah, I, 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 feared that when I went there. But I built up a great relationship with 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 the class, and it never, it never, it never, uh, you know, was. I never felt being been older but given that I was uh, three or four years up though on the older. but uh, mm-hmm. really some great people I met there and uh, still a great relationship with a lot of them.
2: Yeah. So you returned to Moorpark then in 1986?
0: Yeah, I turned to Moorpark in 1986 and uh, I remember Johnny Welsh coming to me and he wanted to set up a grassland program and the leader of the grassland program at the time was Geroad Statham, so I worked for a number of years with A and Geroad was an absolute excellent scientist, uh, great scientist. I loved a point from him. Uh, and then I went on to do an MSc uh, in 1989 and a PhD in
2: 19, 1993. Uh, and uh, what, what were your, I suppose, big achievements in those earlier years in your research?
0: Yeah, Parik, you'd know this yourself. Uh, the big debate at the time was grassland and grassland management and grassland- and the New Zealand influence and the New Zealand debate and uh, I was, we were, myself and Grawal we were stuck right in the middle of it and uh, it drove us on in terms of our program though and uh, we we, we, oh, we developed a great program at that time and grassland research was, was at a low level that time I mean, it was really driven off a of and rate type of trials but we looked at different aspects of grassland management and especially the big highlight there was the influence of spring grazing management on subsequent mid season milk production. We showed that proper grazing management, say going to a residual of four centimetres uh, versus grazing to a six centimetres, had a significant impact on, on, on milk production. And the other areas that I really got involved in after that was the whole calving date issue, uh, matching calving date to grass supply and stocking rate, and the importance of calving date and stocking rate, uh, a really important. Issue. Yeah. And uh, the other aspect that was really important over that period, really from a science aspect, I suppose, we developed the NLK technique to measure herbage intake on grazing dairy cows. And that was a really important tool because we had no measurement of what cows could uh, uh, dry matter intake at grazing and that technique really revolutionised in terms of looking at the different aspects of grazing management on on uh, on animal performance and it was it was a very important technique to support the research program at the time.
2: It was a very important development to, to be able to, to fin- finish the circle if you like in terms of uh, what the cow was consuming.
0: Yes Paulie, yeah, really important, really important.
2: Right and then moving on as uh, was one of the key aspects later on was the whole developments around the the ebi and, yeah
0: yeah i mean it was, i mean uh, i mean we saw a big deterioration in 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 national fertility of the, of the dairy herd and it was really becoming because of the influence of imported genetics and North american genetics on the fertility of the national dairy herd and it was really a serious issue i remember probably coming to a number of walks here on your farm and and you weren't the exception of seeing very high infertile rates somewhere up, could be up to 25 30 percent on some farms in terms of infertile rates so it was the big issue at the time, and I suppose the two big parts that I was involved in anyhow, and on, on, on it was the New Zealand Irish Strain Comparison Study, uh, where we brought in embryos from, from New Zealand, uh, which were equivalent to high EBI nowadays, and compared them to current genetics in Ireland, and they showed that if you did select animals on a grass-based system based on, on important economic traits, uh, that you could improve the, the fertility. And that led to the development of the DPI. And I mean, of course, the real big thing is that a lot of the people internationally would have said at the time that you couldn't select for better for, uh, increased fertility, that the trait was the heritability was too low and and that you had the parameters to measure it. And these, these studies really disproved that. And you know today, now, what nationally, how the fertility of the national dairy heritage is massively improved.
2: i I'm sure it's had a huge impact in the entire industry. Yeah. And, uh... mm-hmm. The economics of the industry yeah. in terms yeah. of the yeah. infertile rates that we had beforehand.
0: And our relations with ICBF was really important. And Brian Wickham at the time was, was yeah. fabulous, you know, and yeah. and how the, that whole EBI uh, got, and, and of course, linked to the advisory service in Chavez as well, you know, I mean, and DBI competitions and all that was really important yeah. in, in in the development of the industry. And how, how important they are today in terms of their expansion is fabulous, know. Yeah. Yeah.
2: You moved on then to become head of uh, dairy research in Moorpark in two thousand and four.
0: Yeah, Park. Yeah, Uh, I moved from probably research to more management role. Uh, A lot of people had retired around the time, um, so I succeeded. um, uh, I became head of 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 Moorpark Dairy Research in two thousand four, and I suppose I mean a lot of people, as I said, have retired around the time, and my ambition at the time was 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 to develop a new team in terms of young scientists coming into the system and young scientists in relation just dairy dairy cow genetics grassland management farm systems animal health and really to me it was all about the strong team and and the good industry applied research program was really important and the other thing that happened over that time and again to support the industry we got the dublin of the dairy levy. that was really important in terms of of supporting the, the the program and I suppose the big feature in terms of extension and that, and we linked very strongly with the advisory service, and the, the probably the big in-product was the, the Moorpark Open days and the, the adoption of key technologies in, in relation to EBI, grassland management farm systems. And also really, we put big emphasis on science and excellence in science. Although when applied research issues, we, we applied best science, science to, to those issues.
2: I think the the, the the dairy levy there is a, a very important part of that, and for people that, that are listening that don't know what the dairy levy is, it's a it's a levy on every litre of meat that's produced in the country. That is a, a contribution by dairy farmers to research. To it helps to keep more park independent, and it's not dependent yeah, on, yeah. on commercial. Yeah, uh, interest support. Yeah. In the well, research. all
0: well, really, really important, part yeah. yeah, and you could you could do research on the issues that were relevant for for farmers at the yeah. time.
2: I think that's that's very important. That's right. Well, you must have done a good job then there because uh, within three years you were asked to head up the whole grassland program in the entire country.
0: Yeah, yeah. In two thousand and nine, uh, with a new director, or two thousand and seven, Jerry Boyd came in as the new director, and uh, at the time we know that. With the financial crisis, and there was a motorium and recruitment, and wages were cut, and we knew all the issues at the time. And and Jerry Biden to stamp his new authority, or our on the program, uh, he moved from a kind of a, a, a research centre based to a program based uh, uh, program. So the Grassland program, then, and the and Graston program was uh, the same program was. Uh, Overseen in in Moorpark Grange and Aton Rye, so I was put in charge of the of the program. So in relation to to dairy, beef, and and sheep, uh, which I am as today. So I mean that was that was that was really exciting. I mean to have a role in, in, in all enterprises, and uh, I suppose we we had a lot of achievements in that. Uh, I mean like the heavy size program, we set up demonstration flock in Rye and in Grange the maternal herd. The Greenfield Dairy Programme linked to the expansion of the dairy industry. And also linked to the agriculture colleges, you know, I mean uh, we have a dairy research unit in Clanaquility and Valley So they were really, really important. Yeah.
2: And then the education side of it as well. The education became more important yeah. than jobs at that stage.
0: Yeah, yeah, really important. I mean, again, you were a big supporter, Patrick. I mean, I remember one of the, one of the open days, uh, you announced that uh, that that we should uh, develop a degree in dairy business. Yeah, and I mean, I'm a firm believer of of improving the capabilities of the young people going into the industry. And I suppose that's the one big advantage of Chavez. I mean, Chavels has roles in education. Uh, uh, research and, and advisory and mm. you could uh, link with the different uh, capabilities in the organization and that was really important and setting up with, with the education group setting up the diploma in dairy farm management uh the dairy business degree with ucd and finally with the A degree with ucc and it's really satisfying to see today now to go to some dairy farms and to see some of these young people now managing very large herds Mm-hmm. And the, the fruits of these, uh, whether it is a, the the professional diploma, or the degrees, it's really impressive to see those young people uh, at 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 Vaneuil.
2: Yeah, and it's, uh, I think it's important that the role that Moa played in in the, that education program. Um, well, moving on then, Pat, uh, to a whole new era, I suppose, with with the uh, uh, porters finishing up in two thousand and fourteen or fifteen and uh, we've had the expansion since then so uh how do you see it going from here
0: well first probably look back on it uh Parik, i mean uh, uh, and the food harvest 2020 uh, strategy i mean it was a fantastic strategy and uh, i was selected by the minister to be on the daily activation group under the chairmanship of of sean brady and that was that was a great experience and uh, a strategy was really important because it it developed a strong partnership between all the key stakeholders in the industry, whether it was farmers, processing, marketing, research, or government level. So that was really, and all the actions were, were, were put in place. But looking back at it now, and it has been massively successful, I mean, it's not recognising, I mean, this target was, for uh, r 2020, that a 50% increase in milk production by 2020. And if you look at what we achieved by 2020, it was 68% increase in milk production or if you look at it in solids, it was 82%. So it was a fabulous, uh, fabulous delivery. And it, it, it also, I mean, for the dairy industry, it was massive in terms of the investment that we did at both farmer and processing level, uh, it increased the competitiveness of the Irish dairy industry. There was huge investments, huge investment in human capital into the industry, all really positive uh, for the dairy industry uh, going forward. And we can see the fruits of it today, I mean, it's fabulous.
2: Much so, like a 68% increase in volume, but an 82% increase in solids. That, yes. that shows, yeah, yeah, like it wasn't just yeah. pumping more milk out the gate, no, it no, was. It no. was uh, yeah. Fire management had to improve to get better solids out of cows. Yeah, whatever, you and,
0: and if we look at it from that point of view, Paul Rickman. And EBI I, had a role there as oh, well. Oh, so. Yeah, and, and grazing management equally important, you know. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you look at the average fat percentage over the period, increased by 0.38 and protein point zero two two, which is equivalent to over 3 cents per litre. So the value of milk over that period, alone without any increase in volume, increased by... Uh, uh, three centimeters right. and the other thing to come back about Rick, I mean we always talk about the the importance of compact calving and if you look at over that period, um, the proportion of cows calving in generally to March increased from fifty nine percent to seventy three percent. So it's fantastic achievements, yes, really. That's huge. fantastic that's huge.
2: Yeah. Well, the beef industry is also part of your program, Pat, and uh, yet the the uptake, I suppose, in grassland management in the beef industry doesn't seem to have been as significant.
0: No, and, and it's disappointing, uh, um, but saying all that I mean the beef industry is a really important sector for, 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 for Irish agri-food. And I think, I, I'd be very positive about the beef going forward, uh, uh, I think that grass-fed beef is going to be a premium product. Uh, I think the outlook for beef is pro- positive, given all the, the constraints coming at us. Uh, disappointing are probably the same advancements in the key technologies in relation to grazing management and grass-based genetics uh, in, in the beef side. Uh, there is a requirement to reduce the cost of beef and I think a stronger focus on dairy beef going forward and more joined up thinking between the dairy and the, and the beef industry would be important. Uh, I think a strong beef industry is as important to the dairy industry as a strong dairy industry itself mm-hmm. so I, I can see some of the frame some of the things put in place in recent times going to uh, the um, uh, future but yeah I, I think it's still a very important industry for for the country going forward yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, at, the, at this stage, I suppose, uh, just looking back, uh, you're what, I suppose a lot of civil servants would refer to as a lifer in Chagas at this stage. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Do you, have you enjoyed your time? And
0: uh... Yeah, I, I really enjoy working in Chagas. It's a great organisation. I have great friends and some great people in Chagas. It's a great organisation. But I suppose if I'm looking back and I say to myself, what gave me greatest pleasure, say, as from my point of view, it would be that technology that we developed at, at research level and they were brought out to farm level and bottom line is, is to increase the profitability of the sustainability of family farms right throughout the country and that's what we're all about increase the living standards and that's the real that's the real satisfying thing when you see it and you can see that today you know I mean strong, uh, improving the stand, the living standards of, of of family farms is really important.
2: You and I had our debates in the past, past around uh, nitrates and uh, different environmental issues. The whole climate action plan uh, that's been talked about now, there's a, there's a lot of threat on the industry, I suppose, around the whole uh, environmental side. Would you like to comment on that?
0: Yeah, Patrick. I mean, climate change is a significant global issue. I mean, we have to address the issue. I think Irish Irish farmers are committed to reducing greenhouse gases as well as improving water quality and biodiversity of the farm. However, i really say that Irish farmers are currently are not happy how they've been portrayed in the climate change debate. They are seen as the problem in Ireland, not not achieving for Ireland not achieving the reductions in greenhouse gas emissions. I mean, if you go. Any day you look at television and you talk about uh, the greenhouse gas debate, you'll see there'll be photographs of a dairy have the cows out out grazing, which is a very sustainable system. And this is really decisive, I think, you know, it's not helping the debate on climate change. And it's not Irish farmers' fault that that Ireland produces, uh, that that in Ireland, top to 6% of the national greenhouse gas emissions uh, compared to 10% on the average uh, comes from agriculture, because Ireland depends very much on agriculture. It's not uh, depending on heavy industries. But what has not been said, and I think it's really uh, re- really uh, divisive, I think that Irish milk and beef are one of the lowest carbon footprints in the world. If you take Irish milk production, uh, the average carbon footprint of Irish milk is less than one uh, kilo of carbon equivalent per kilo of milk. This compares to international average of 2.4. That's, so
2: That's a significant yeah. figure, Pat. Uh, is, I, I think, think it's one that uh, we don't hear enough of and uh, you know it's, it's less, what is it, uh, only 40% of what the international equivalent is. Less, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, and yes, we have, uh, we're being portrayed as yeah. being a big problem here in Ireland.
0: Yeah. And Padraig, that didn't happen by chance, I mean that happened with farmers applying best technologies over the last say 10 to 20 years and they have developed very efficient uh, uh, systems. And the problem is, if if Irish uh, farmers don't uh, do not produce this milk, uh, then it will be produced in some other country with a much higher f- a footprint. So, and I mean, it's clearly the climate change is a global issue. It's just not an Irish issue, yeah. uh, do you know. So that's really important, I think.
2: It's very important. I think you know the point you make is if if the if it's not produced here, even though we do export it. Uh, you know we are dependent on it but it's at a much lower carbon footprint yeah. and uh, you know the, the demand is out there for this product that's right it'll be produced elsewhere at a much higher uh, yeah. damage to the environment than if it were to be produced here in ireland And i think yeah. it's yeah. something that's not not portrayed enough
0: yeah and we're, de- we're dealing with uh, international markets now we're not dealing with just an irish market we're dealing with international markets
2: yeah. that's that's the point and uh, as well i think the point you made there about you know while 35 percent or 36 percent of of national emissions uh, in ireland are because of agriculture uh, that's mainly because we as a country didn't develop our industries back in the 40s and 50s yes. when the rest of the world was probably developing as you said the heavy industries uh that are out there that, that uh created emissions there yes. and uh, you know uh, as as an industry and as a country our emissions are much lower than uh, most other countries yeah. and uh, you know I think agriculture shouldn't be penalised uh, because of that uh, and uh, you know we, we developed agriculture much better uh, than, than other countries.
0: Exactly, exactly, yeah.
2: And the, the current government policy then Pat uh, on, on climate change is is uh, something that farmers are concerned about going forward.
0: Oh yeah, and rightly so, I means In the current Climate Action uh, Bill that's gone through the government, it's committed to reduce uh, greenhouse gases by 51% uh, by 2013. And to me, this is totally overambitious. And it's not going to be achieved. And of course, the other big issue then is how much of this reduction will be allocated to agriculture versus to, say, energy, transport, uh, housing. And that, that, that is a big question. Yeah. And there are suggestions out there that uh, we should uh, see a reduction in the national herd or a stable national herd going forward, uh, which I don't agree with either. You know, there needs to be a more focus on technologies and innovations to reduce greenhouse g- gas emissions.
2: Yeah. But also part of this part is the treatment of methane versus other greenhouse yeah, gases, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, you know the. Uh, the methane from the from the cow is not as dangerous as uh, uh, greenhouse gases coming from petrol and diesel shall we say
0: yeah mean yeah, the life cycle of of say carbon and nitrous oxide is over 100 years uh, compared to about 12 years for 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 methane. so that's not been considered either and that's a real important issue you know and yeah. if you look back and park and and if we look at and I, I, I saw it recently though, in the first soil survey of Ireland back in the sixties, uh, they estimated that Ireland could carry about eight million livestock units, and that with low levels of nitrogen. Today we have about five and a half million livestock units. So it's isn't that we're overpopulated with animals in, in Ireland. You know?
2: And you're confident that we could go to eight million without increasing our uh, inputs of nitrogen and. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but I, all I would say, Patrick, in it is that there's a lot of unutilised land are, are still in the country, you know. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that we go to 8 million livestock units, but we're not over overpopulated in terms of animals.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's a, an important point going forward, and I think farmers are concerned at the moment about talk of uh, uh, capping the national herd, or uh, mm-hmm. even some people talking about reducing. I don't, I don't think it's, it's going to be good for the rural economy if that were to happen.
0: No, no it's not. In,
2: in your view then, Pat, what, what uh, do you think needs to be done in, in terms of, uh, uh, you know, we, we have to address the climate issue as much as possible?
0: Yeah, yeah, and, uh, and I mean Charles has developed the the, the, ma- the margin abatement cost curve, uh, and uh, there's lots of key technologies there uh, uh, to abate uh, uh, both in, in greenhouse gases and methane or greenhouse gases, and, Ammonia and 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 improve water quality. and farmers are, are already adopting a lot of these technologies in terms of protected urea, um, low emission slurry spreading, uh, using genetic animals, uh, using clover to replace chemical nitrogen. all those technologies are there. and farmers are really uh, to adopt them uh, uh, publicly you know? yeah
2: they are they are being adopted very much so, and I think the the developments uh, of the EBI is has, has had, had a huge impact in the dairy side in particular and uh, that's helping to reduce uh, I would think very much the, the, the emissions from, from the industry. Yeah,
0: yeah and then, I mean looking to the future uh, maybe agriculture is a solution for greenhouse gases rather than the problem you know so we don't know what carbon is sequestered in our soils and our hedgerows and uh, also changes in land use could have a significant benefit. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's indications that the greenhouse gas emissions from grassland may be 16 to 17 percent lower than, than from other systems, you know. So, all those things need to be included in the inventory uh, for Irish total greenhouse gases, and they're not there at the moment, probably. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah we're sure. Like uh, other, other uh, parts of the world that are producing uh, dairy are importing a lot of feed to do with or growing uh a lot of concentrate using a lot of concentrate to do it whereas uh we don't get any credit for uh, yeah. uh the grassland in this country no, and, no. and uh, like surely grassland is sequestering nitrate or sequestering carbon as well
0: yeah and mean we have high organic matter soils which which uh, uh, really are positive in terms of, of carbon sp- sp- uh carbon uh, uh, sequestration no doubt about it park you know and, and, and being grassland on top of it, you know, rather than being in a cropping-based system, there's no doubt whether we are capturing a lot uh, of, of, of carbon in, in those scenarios.
2: But yet farmers are concerned that they, they get no credit for that, and they get no credit for the hedgerows uh, throughout the Irish countryside either, which are a, a, a striking feature of this country compared to most other agricultural countries. Yeah,
0: and there is research work started to, 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 to measure that, uh, but that, the data won't be there by twenty thirty uh, to 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 alleviate some of the pressures in the system. You know.
2: And I'm sure there's a lot of farmers out there that would gladly uh, plant more hedgerows uh, if they were given credit for doing so.
0: Yes, of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 100%, yeah. yeah.
2: Um, moving on, then uh, part of the the problem in the part of the country that I'm in is the Tashka trying to prevent Glandia from. Uh, uh, building a new processing plant. Yeah What's your view on that?
0: I think it's a very disruptive, Patrick um, I think it could end up increasing agricultural emissions in both greenhouse gases and nitrogen emissions at both where they are at the moment because Farmers, our dairy farmers especially, are very innovative uh, They're putting the ceiling on the, on the peak uh, Which shows farmers if they're going to produce milk in the shoulders to systems that would be less uh, Will be more detrimental to the environment and you could end up with higher emissions and, and higher nitrogen problems because as you know if you have to produce feed indoors it means that you have to import a lot of uh, concentrate and that to feed the cows and you could end up with, with bigger and it would also reduce the competitiveness of Irish dairying, you know and the living standards of dairy farmers throughout the country because I mean we, we again as I said earlier we're dealing with an international market we have to be competitive to sell our products and that and if we're going to reduce the competitiveness we're going to do, reduce uh, our ability to, to to get markets and deliver standards of farmers' there.
2: Well, as you say, if if, if farmers are produced are forced to produce, uh, the only way they can increase meat production is producing it in the off season, uh, and that won't be from grass, and uh, it'll it'll increase the carbon footprint of uh, the numbers that are there already. That's right, exactly. Going going back to some of your earlier work in 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 Chagash, Pat, and the whole uh, grassland debate and I suppose that's when we had some of our yeah. our, our our first uh, debates together yeah. was on the whole uh, the refinement I suppose of New Zealand systems yeah. in, into yeah. a, into an Irish system and it was we had great debates at the time but it was, it was a lot of brave work came out of that if yeah, I would, oh. if I remember back at that time. Very few cows would have been out on grass before the middle of March anywhere yeah, in the country. Yeah.
0: I, I, I was looking at a of in March protein for this March uh, from CSO just published last week yeah. and the average protein nationally was 3.33. And I remember when we started the, 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 the 350 protein program, you know, the Kerry at that time, I think the national average protein for the month of March was something like 2.85. Right. Unbelievable, unbelievable. unbelievable. So, we go back to that debate on the grassland. I was, we were all involved with it, and we clashed at times, and good clashes, and and uh, and lot of, as you said, fantastic things came out of it, you know, oh, absolutely. Uh, and uh, and. Uh, But you need those type of things and having good farmers involved in the debate is really important and good industry stakeholders, yeah, I 100% agree. Yeah,
2: it was an interesting time for us all as well, but uh,
0: uh,
2: I think a lot of good has come from it. I think for young people in the industry today, they wouldn't believe, uh, you know, that we had six months winters and some of the even yeah. in the southern parts of the country at yeah. that stage yeah. Yeah. and yeah. 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 the emphasis was on making yeah. enough silage yeah. Yeah. For, yeah. for a six months winter i, 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 I mean
0: uh, since when i came to more now and how the, be- the best dairy farmers are are managing grass just there's no comparison yeah. Absolute un- unbelievable change unbelievable thank yeah.
2: no it's 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 moved on a lot thankfully and it's uh uh for, for, i suppose just to to Conclude, I suppose. What What are the key ingredients for the success that that you see now, looking back?
0: Well, from my own point of view, I suppose um, a good team is always really important. And uh, and for me, from a manager' point of view, you should never be afraid to employ a person that's better than yourself. Eh? Mm-hmm. You should also seek advice when required. You know, don't ever have your own views. Uh, get the views of other people. And Also, a few good mentors outside of your organization to go to. You know that that's really and I had some great people to advise over the years. Give people responsibility in your team and expect delivery afterwards. And I suppose take responsibility for your own actions. I mean, uh, that's really important that you take responsibility for what you what, what you put in place. Mm-hmm.
2: And of course, family, your own. Yeah. Your, yeah. Your, your own family. We haven't yeah. mentioned.
0: <laughs> oh no no no! really important. And Claire and Laura and Brian were really good to me. They they allowed me lots of time to to develop in my career. I suppose probably I was being selfish some of the time. I was away from home so much, but a uh, oh, really important. That have a stable family and a good family and you leave in the morning and everything is fine, you come back in the evening, that's really important. And uh, No, we had a great family life and, and uh, i really thank them for that.
2: Well I think we should all thank them for it, because Pat, uh, over your career in Chagas and I've known you for quite a while, uh, all I can say is you've made a difference and it's, it's made a huge difference to the Irish dairy industry uh, throughout the country and uh, I have no doubt uh, your legacy will live uh, and last a long long time yeah. and uh, I, I'm sure you have a lot more to contribute you're not finished yet
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah and, uh, and uh, just the technology people that went before us in, in more 2 there were some great people you know and then they they laid the foundation for us uh, they came on and um, we, we should acknowledge those other of people too, I mean they were really good people.
2: Oh absolutely, absolutely. I suppose Paddy O'Keefe was an important oh, really man important. In, 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 in the whole in thing from you and indeed yeah. uh, everything that he was involved with. So again, Pat, thank you very much. Uh, as I say, you made a difference and I, I hope you continue to do so for a few more years. Okay,
0: <laughs> thanks Rick and thanks to the ACA, very, very important for allowing this interview to go ahead. Thank you.